Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. You know, wherever I go, people ask me questions about heaven. They say, is heaven real? They say, uh, what will heaven look like? What will it be like if we get there or when we get there? (laughs) And what do we have to do to get there? (laughs) Well, let me assure you, heaven is real, very real. Heaven is not a mythical place. It is the holy dwelling place of the Lord God Most High, and don't ever forget it. And although, as humans, you know, we can't even begin to comprehend it, The Bible gives us beautiful descriptions of heaven and what heaven is like. And I want to share some things about heaven with you today. Uh, This is a little out of my, uh, we might say out of my bailiwick, but uh, uh, out of my normal uh, procedure of ministry as an evangelist in the healing ministry. But, uh, you know, as you get older, uh, I just celebrated my 75th birthday. You know, you start thinking about heaven more and more. So let me give you several things about heaven. First of all, The Bible says that heaven has mansions. Did you know that? Heaven has mansions. John 14, verses 2 and 3 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. Wow. Now, not only will there be mansions in heaven, but the best thing of all will be the ability to dwell there, to live there with Jesus forever and ever. I don't know about you, but I don't want any part of hell. <laughs> you know, we had a few 110-degree days this past summer. Thank God we're, 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 we're into fall. Our fall lasts about two minutes in Oklahoma. It goes from summer to winter. <laughs> we had an 85-degree day, and five days later, it was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> That's typical for the Midwest. But, you know, when you have a 110-degree day, it's so hot, you say, well, if hell's hotter than this, I'm not going. <laughs> well, now, the second thing I want you to see about heaven is heaven will be a city built for worship. I've been talking a lot lately about worshiping, you know, praising and worshiping Him. Hebrews 12, verses 22 and 23 says this, But you have come to the Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now that's in Hebrews. The city of the living God will be a spectacular place according to God's perfect design. It will be a place of unimagined blessing. And those registered in heaven have been made perfect by Jesus' sacrifice when he went to the cross. And they will assemble with an innumerable company of angels before the most holy God. In other words, there'll be so many angels, you won't be able to count them. Try to picture the multitude spread out before God. It's It's amazing. And it's altogether incomprehensible. Now, Mount Zion, the city of David, and uh, the eternal possession of God Most High will be the holy city where all will assemble to worship Him. That's what that scripture is saying. And at that time, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall be gathered to it 
to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. And that's what the Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 17. Now, the third thing I want to share with you, this is getting heavy, I know. The third thing is all nations and people are going to worship the Lord. Listen to that. All nations, all people are going to worship the Lord. Revelation 7, 9 through 10 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Wow. Now, if you go back into the New Testament, in the book of Luke, you'll find Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. The Jews lined the streets and they were waving palm branches and they were praising God for miracles they had seen Jesus perform. And they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. However, as Jesus saw them, he wept for, they, for he realized that they did not truly understand who he was. However, in heaven, it won't be like that. There will be no confusion about who the Prince of Peace is. Every saint from every tribe and tongue will be clothed in robes of white, waving palm branches in genuine praise. Now, notice I said every saint, not every person, but every saint. I'm talking about every born-again believer. Yes, it's true. Every person who's ever been born will stand before the Lord, but not all of them are going to heaven. Only those who've called upon his name. So make no mistake about it. The fourth thing I want to share with you about heaven is really fabulous. Heaven will be filled with peace and joy and praise. It will be totally unlike this earth. As you know, this world is not filled with joy, with peace, and with praise. Revelation chapter 7, verses 15 through 17 says this, Therefore, they are before the throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to the living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Wow. Imagine. This speaks of those who come out of the great tribulation and how they will remain before the throne of God forever. And in an upcoming podcast, I'll take the time to explain that. There's going to be a mid mid-tribulation rapture, as well as the tribulation or the rapture that will happen before the tribulation. They're going to come, there's going to be a great rapture, a second rapture coming out of the tribulation. We'll talk about that at a later time. With joy and adoration, they will serve the Lord night and day. Jesus, who the Bible calls the good shepherd, will lead them to the fountains of living water where they'll never thirst again. Not only that, but every tear will be wiped away by the merciful hand of God, and they will rest in the shade of his presence. This uh, surely gives us new meaning to the words of the old gospel song, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. That must have been the scripture that that writer was thinking about when he wrote that great song. Now, here's the fifth thing. 
precious gemstones will adorn in heaven. Will adorn in heaven. Uh, Revelation 21, uh, verses 9 through 11 says, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me, now this is the Apostle John speaking prophetically, and he carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. You see, in heaven, the light of the great city of Jerusalem will be like a great glorious stone, shining, pure, light crystal. Its radiance will outshine any precious gem that's ever been known on earth. Its value will be immeasurable. Covered in the glory of God, the holy Jerusalem will descend. It will come down with brilliance. And every treasure that mankind holds valuable will pale in comparison to the magnificent city of heaven. And the Bible says precious stones will lavishly adorn the walls of Jerusalem. Now, if you study this passage in Revelation, you'll see it continues by saying the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardonyx. The sixth, the sixth was sardius, the seventh was chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, chrysophase, the eleventh, jacinth, and the tenth was amethyst. That's what the Bible says. Imagine stones like this adorning all of heaven's gates and walls. My goodness. And then the sixth thing, heaven will have pearly gates and streets of gold. Revelation 21, 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Just, if you can, visualize for a moment each gate of heaven being formed out of just one gigantic pearl. And streets of gold, gold so pure that their transparency will extend from 12 gates. Wow. Imagine. And the scripture in Revelation goes on to say that in heaven there will be no more sun or moon. The glory of God and the light of the Lamb of God, that's Jesus, will be its illumination. Are you getting the picture? And then finally, seventh, there's a tree, a tree of life in heaven. Revelation 22, verse 2 says, In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Just think about that for a minute. In a world that's riddled with sickness and disease, the tree of life is a beautiful reminder that there will be no more sickness no more suffering, no more disease, no more pain in heaven. And the scripture in Revelation goes on to say that in heaven, there will be no more sun or moon. The glory of God and the light of the Lamb of God, Jesus, will be its illumination. 
and the fruit of the tree, the fruit of the tree, which uh, will live in the center of heaven's golden street, will be continuously available in abundance. No shortages. No more need to search for the cures of diseases known to man. Every ailment, every sickness, every disease will be remedied by the leaves of the trees, and the nations will be healed once and for all. The book of Revelation also says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. To him, whoever comes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There will be no night, no need for a lamp, no light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Believe me, my friends, it doesn't get any better than that. But in order to get in, there is a prerequisite. You must have Christ in your heart. You must have committed your life to him. You must become a Christian. You must turn from the past. You must turn away from Satan. There is no other way. The good news is 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me ask you a question. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you ever said to the Lord, I want to live for you. I'm tired of living my lifestyle. I'd like to be a Christian. I'd like to repent of my sin and give my heart to you. I'd like to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. You know, there are some people who say, well, no matter how you live your life, no matter what you've done in your life, because it's not God's will that any perish, somehow at the 1159 hour, he'll take you in. More false words have never been spoken. It's not true. There's only one way to enter into heaven. and That's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this question. Have you made him the Lord of your life? If you haven't, and you'd like to, then right now is an awfully good time for you to do it. I want to pray a prayer, and I'll lead you in that prayer. And if you've never received Christ as your Savior, or you've been running from him, Maybe you once knew him and you've gone away. Something happened. Your fault, somebody else's fault, nobody's fault, but it's happened and you've rejected God. I got news. It's time to come home. Let me lead you in this prayer. Will you pray it after me? Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a backslider. I have missed the mark with my life and I'm sorry. I repent. I change my mind. I turn my back on the past. I renounce the devil and all of his works. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save me, heal me, deliver me, and set me free. From this moment, I commit that I will serve you the rest of my life.
Amen. Now you say, Richard Roberts, is it really that simple? Yes, if you meant it. If you meant it. It's so simple, it's profound. You say, well, I've given my heart to the Lord, now what should I do? Well, the first thing I want you to do is get a Bible. The scriptures I've been reading have all come from the Bible. Get a Bible. If you don't have one, get one. Borrow one, get one, buy one. You may have one in your bookshelf at the house. You may have one laying around somewhere and you never have picked it up or you haven't picked it up in a long time. Get a Bible. The same way your body needs food, your spirit needs food. And you get that nourishment in the Word of God. And let me tell you how you should read the Bible. Especially for those of you who've never spent much time reading the Bible. Maybe you know a few scriptures, but you've never really taken time to study the Bible. Here's how I always tell people to study the Bible. First of all, don't start at Genesis. Don't start at the beginning. Start in the New Testament. Don't start in the Old Testament. Start in the New Testament. Start in Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first four books, and then the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. See Jesus rising up with healing in his wings in those first books. See how Jesus operated and how he taught the disciples. And then once you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts, then go back to the beginning in Genesis and see how God started everything. And read what's called the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and, and see how God set a covenant between Abraham and with Moses and all that, all, all that God did to form everything. How he created the world from nothing. And then go on through the prophets, Samuel and Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and all that. Read about the kings, uh, the, the great kings and the kings who weren't so great. King Saul, King David, and, and also the kings who, who did not live for God and understand how they lived their lives and, and what mistakes they made and, and how you would never do those kind of things. And then after you study the prophets, then go into the letters of the Apostle Paul, starting with Romans and First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all the way through until you come to the book of Revelation. God's glorious masterpiece, his final act. You know, some people are scared of the book of Revelation. They say it's, it's a scary book. No, it's not. It's the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest love story of how God takes his own to live with him. And to be his own, you've got to be a Christian. Praise God. I hope you'll do that. Get a Bible. And then remember to pray. Richard, I don't know how to pray. I don't know any big words. Well, you don't have to use big words to pray. Prayer is just simply telling God how you feel. <laughs> like you're talking to your wife or your husband or your children. You just talk to God out of your heart. God, here's what I'm feeling. I got news. He's a talking God. When you talk to him, stop and listen. He'll speak back to you. You may hear his audible voice. You, it may come through a scripture you find. It may come through an impression in your heart. It may even come through someone who says something to you. But I promise you, he'll talk back to you because he is a talking God. I pray this is a blessing to you today. And I pray that today you begin a life, a new life like never before. And my prayers are with you every day. And of course, if you need special prayer, you can always call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or online, richardroberts.org and send me your prayer request. I'll always pray and I'll write you back. Praise God. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today and I'll see you next time. 
Have you checked out the Healing Network? This 24-hour network is all healing all the time. The network has new original programs like Bookmark with Lindsay and Melissa, Richard's live healing prayers, and also his latest class from the School of Miracles. The Healing Network is also your resource for classic Oral Roberts sermons and current programs like The Place for Miracles and Make Your Day Count. Just look for The Healing Network in your favorite app store. For more information, go to richardroberts.org slash thehealingnetwork.